Ah, this is Off the Dome with Matt G. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Off the Dome podcast. Um, this is this episode is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast app. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode um, of the podcast. Uh, we got a lot to discuss, so let's get right into it. So let's start off with a thing of, of a topic called pressure. Right. You know, whenever we have pressure in life, whether it's with, you know, job, whether it's school, whether it's pressure trying to make friends, whether it's pressure to find what career you're interested for. I mean, every aside from me, I'm, I know what I want to do, but I'm sure everyone is trying to find out pressure, right, of what we're trying to do. And the, and another kind of pressure is pressure of overcoming haters, right? Overcoming like about of all the negativity of a negative stigma about how oh I can't do this I can't do that I can't win a playoff game I I can't I can't win under pressure there's a lot of pressure hence towards Lamar Jackson uh there's pressure in a sense the um the question is that people have brought up in the media is is there pressure for Lamar Jackson um Look, before I get into this, I'm just going to say this straight up because a lot of people think this way and um, some, one of my friend, but one of my best friends gets on me for saying I hate Lamar Jackson. I'm a hater of Lamar Jackson. And one of my friends that I met, Drew Saltzman, that I met from um, BPS, this camp alumni event, he, said, he says that I'm a Lamar Jackson hater, that I'm a Baltimore Ravens hater. I'm just going to address this before I get into this. I will say this. I am not a Lamar Jackson hater, okay? I don't hate Lamar. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a very dynamic quarterback. I, I don't hate the Baltimore Ravens. I think Ray Lewis is one of the is one of the top three greatest linebackers ever. I think Ed Reed's the greatest safety ever. There. I, I said it. I respect Lamar. I respect the Ravens. Okay, now it's time for objectivity time. Yes, there is pressure for Lamar Jackson because think about this. I, personally, a lot of people, however, I've hyped him as an elite quarterback, a guy that can win when it counts, a guy that's unbelievable. He's revolutionized the game from last year. Eh, no, he hasn't. He's a very he's a he's a good quarterback. He's a good product. I mean, I thought that he would be like Tim Tebow, being a good runner in and out of the pocket. But he do, I think he's a much better thrower than Tebow. I will say that. I'm not certainly saying he's not. He's not, he's a he's has way more talent than Tim Tebow does. Very what much better with accuracy with the football. Not even putting him in the same breath of Tim Tebow. But the thing with Lamar Jackson is when the big games matter the most. When defenses know his schemes. When you know when push comes to shove. When defenses figure him out. And when the big game is on the line against a very good quality teams, yes, there is pressure on Lamar Jackson. And this, this will, he's 0-2 in the playoffs. This will validate, this will really determine how great Lamar Jackson is when the pressure counts. I know he can play. I know that. But when I really look at it compared to all the other quarterbacks, he's not better than, than any of them. He's not even Mahomes. He's not in Mahomes' category. Okay? He's not better than... He's not better than Aaron Rodgers. He's not better than Brady, even though I think he's he, 
he, I think this year is, again, is kind of close, but I, I still will take Brady because uh, of the experience and because he is, he, he does play better under pressure sometimes than, than Lamar does. Um, who else? There's so many others. Josh Allen, I would take over over Lamar. I would take Tannehill over Lamar. I'm going to talk about him in a second. Deshaun over Lamar. There are so many other quarterbacks. Uh, Kyler, I, this year I would take Kyler over Lamar. There's so many quarterbacks I would take over Lamar Jackson. Lamar has, people want to hype him up, right, that he's elite, but I haven't seen one game other than the Monday night game at home against uh, at, at Cleveland. But even that game, he surprised the Cleveland Browns defense when he came back from the injury. I have yet to see a Lamar Jackson game that validates that he was the MVP. That he is great. He's more than a Tebow product. Eh, I haven't seen that. Let me provide you some perspective on Lamar Jackson, shall we? Uh, let's talk. You want us? Let's talk about his first playoff game. His first playoff game was so bad, right? They were down twenty to three, and the Baltimore Ravens crowd chanted, "We want Joe Flacco," or I call him Joe Fluco. But but Lamar Jackson, they made a late, try to make a late comeback, but by then it was too little, too late, and it was empty calorie yards at the end. And what happened last year? Well. He lost to Mahomes um, badly at Kansas City. And then after that, what, what happened in the playoffs? At home against the Tennessee Titans, you were the number one seed. You had the best record in the NFL that year at 14-2. and two. You had an outstanding MVP season, right? You started the year 2-2, two and two, then you won 12 straight, which is great. What happened in that game? You had three total turnovers that game, and you only scored 12 points on the Tennessee Titans. What happened this year against Mahomes? A Monday night game. Well, they lost 34-20, and it was not even close. Patrick Mahomes threw four touchdowns, 385 yards. Lamar Jackson threw only 97 yards. What happened against uh, against the Steelers? The arch nemesis, the, mo- the second best rivalry in the NFL behind the Bears and the Packers. Well, Lamar Jackson had three total turnovers. He had two interceptions. One of them was a pick six. What, and he and he missed and he missed a throw in the end zone on a late on a late drive. Then what happened against the Patriots? Yes, it it was a Sunday night. It was rainy that night. Okay, but but still, it was a Sunday night game. And what happened? Well, Lamar Jackson only scored 17 points against a weaker New England Patriots defense, whose defense opted out for COVID, and he struggled. Okay, he. He he didn't. He only ran also for fifty five yards that game, and he had the ball at the end to at least give them a chance to score, and he didn't. And what happened against the Tennessee Titans at home against the team that beat you last year? The scene of the crime, right? Lamar Jackson's Baltimore Ra- Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Let me let me just tell you what happened when they faced the Titans this year. Um, in the second half, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens only scored 10 points in the second half. Lamar Jackson threw 17, 17 of 29, 186, and one touchdown and one pick. That's not great. And he had the ball to start the overtime, and he went the quick three and out. Boom. You know, I just don't I just don't see enough from Lamar Jackson this year where I could say he could win the big game. He could prove the doubters wrong. And people think he's elite, but I don't I think he's a great talent. Okay? But he's nothing more than just a great talent that that had a one spark, right? That had one great lightning in a bottle spark. But then since then, I mean, eh. 
His numbers have trizzled down. Yes, his rushing yards are great. I still think he's a dynamic running quarterback. By far, I still think he is. I think he's a good, he's improved his accuracy towards the end of the regular season. Although, be it, albeit against, um, struggle, against struggling teams, uh, he, he, he also faced the Cowboys, Jaguars, Giants, Bengals. Okay? So, look, I don't think he's been that amazing this, this, uh, this year. I think he's had some great moments. I think that he's played great in the end, although it was against bad teams. I just don't see it where in Lamar Jackson to a point where I, out of all the quarterbacks I mentioned, Tannehill, Brady, Mahomes, Rodgers, Breeze, Russell, um, I, I look at all these, Deshaun, I look at all these quarterbacks, he's not in that, in that category. Okay, he had he was a lightning in a bottle last year. But when you really look at it, other than the Niners when he had last year, and uh, there was not and there was not one win where I said, "Oh yeah, this guy's a very elite. He's going to be an elite competition for years to come." I think he's a great player. He's a great dynamic quarterback. I think he he's he's a very explosive but when it comes to push comes to shove, when you're asked to throw in tough conditions in the playoffs, when you're asked when the big games matter the most, can you succeed? When defenses figure you out, I, I'm not going to trust him. Now, as far as the game this week against the Tennessee Titans, before I make my picks Saturday with my, friend, with my co-host pick, Adam, my, pit, my co-host of the pick show, Adam Pearl, and my uh, special guest, um, Brandon Grant, former bookie, I, before I make my pick, I have an idea of who I'm picking because, look, I think that when it comes to between Ryan Tannehill and Lamar Jackson, who's under more pressure? I think it's Lamar. Tannehill, people want to say, oh, he's only completed 29 combined passes during their two playoff wins they had last year. But he, but he was more of a game manager. He didn't turn the ball over. When he took over from Marcus Mariota, but the, the start of the year, the Tennessee Titans were 3-5 and five with Marcus Mariota as their quarterback last year. Then when Ryan Tannehill took over, they were 7-2, they were, um, I, I, they, they were, they were I think. 7-2 or something like that. And Ryan Tannehill played, played very well down the stretch in the regular season. And this year, he's played sensational. Ryan Tannehill's been great. Tannehill's stats this year... Um, let me just pull it up. I are thirty three. He has thirty three touchdowns to seven interceptions. Well, that's pretty great. Tannehill's been when you ask him to throw it, he's gonna deliver. And when you try to stop Derrick Henry, you're gonna ask Ryan Tannehill to throw it. Although it's again, albeit against Green Bay in the cold, which you're not gonna win that many games in the cold at Lambeau, he's gonna deliver. He's played great. He's been very good. He's won the league leaders of QBR. He's top ten at passing yard in passing yards, top ten at QBR. He's been phenomenal. And don't and he actually can deliver. And people want to say, oh, Ryan Tannehill, it was terrible in Miami. He's only still in this league because he is King Henry. Well, when you Adam Gase was your was your was your off, was your head coach slash offensive coordinator, you are gonna struggle. Just ask Sam Darnold. Ryan Tannehill can deliver with his pinpoint accuracy, with, with him finding the open guy, with the weapons he has, with Jonu Smith, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, 
And oh my God, the, the the other king in sports of the which is in the king of the NFL. There's one king in the NBA who all of you know who I'm talking about. And then there's the king of the NFL, old King Henry. Oh, he's joined a, a list with Eric Dickerson, Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, just to name a few. Um, Ladanian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson. He's in that category. A two thousand yard rushing yard season. The guy's a beast. Derrick Henry's incredible. Okay. I think Lamar, though, this is, if I, I'll say this about Lamar. He has a very good defense. He has a good defense that can try, that can, that can make pressure on Tannehill. Lamar's going up against a weaker defense. But this Titans defense, even though they've been bad all year, when I saw them against the, the, the Ravens in the second half, only holding them to 10 points, I'm not saying they can stop Lamar in the entire game, but when the moments count the most, I think they can get pressure on Lamar. I really do. And Malcolm Butler is going to force is they're going to force Lamar to throw in double coverage, and Malcolm Butler is going to get a hand on it and is going to get after um, Hollywood Brown or Mark Andrews. I really think that the pressure Ryan Tannehill's already proven he can win playoff games. You know he can win under pressure when it counts. He did beat Tom Brady at Foxborough. He did uh, beat Lamar, the MVP last year in the playoffs. And this year, he did the same thing. I think I would trust Lamar, Ryan Tannehill way more than I do Lamar Jackson. If Lamar, Drew Saltzman, if you're listening out there to this podcast, and, and l- let me just say this. If you want to shut me up for all the, the quote, Hatred you think I have for your quarterback. If you want to shut me up, prove it. If you want me to prove, I if right if Lamar wins this game Sunday against the team that beat him last year and beat him this year in the regular season, fine. I will apologize for saying I don't that I don't think he's elite and that I don't that I think don't I I'm a narrative that he can't win big games. Okay. I'll, I'll apologize. I'll come on this podcast Monday, and I will apologize, okay? But to be honest with you, Drew, if Lamar is going to continue to underperform in big games when the pressure counts the most, I'm going to be critical, okay? That's what all I'm saying. Again, I, I like Lamar. He's a great guy. I think he's a, a really good he's – he's been better throwing the ball the last couple games. I think he's very dynamic. I love the guy, okay? But I have questions about him and that I'm not going to back down from, from asking these questions. That's all I have to say. So getting into um, – Getting into uh, pressure, right? I've talked about pressure as far as winning the big games. But another kind of pressure, that this is my theme of the show, right? Another kind of pressure is Tom is under, being under pressure for a great defense, right? And that's what Tom Brady struggles with. So Tom Brady said that he that Washington is a is is a very good test for him uh, because they're and this is what he had to say, um, if I had the video uh, right here. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady said um, – Let me see a great young player. So, this is it. Uh, you know, we got our hands full with that D-line, one of the best D-lines in the league. So uh, Chase is a great young player. He went to Ohio State, so naturally I think the Ohio State, <laughs> Ohio State Michigan thing wears off on him a little bit. I understand that. 
but um, we're, we're prepared for you know a tough challenge, and um, should be a fun game. Yeah, he's right. He knows what he's going to go up against. Chase Young even said that why wouldn't you want to face the goat? Chase Young backed out, doubled down from those comments. This I've thought about this right during before the end of the year. I said, Tom Brady, okay, he's most likely going to clinch the number five seed in the NFC. I was thinking, right, what team will cause Tom the most pressure and potentially pull off an upset? In the, it's going to be from the NFC least, or in professional terms, the NFC East. So I thought about all the teams that could really get after Tom and really pull off the most an upset, potentially. I thought about the teams, right? Okay, the Eagles... Yeah, they they're they, no, they're banged up on both sides of the ball. Uh, Tampa Bay could get after Jalen Hurts, and no, I, I didn't think that would work. The Cowboys, <laughs> don't get me started on them. Tom Brady will throw a party on Dallas. I mean, he'll, he'll Dallas defense is uh, is one of, is probably is one of the bo- bottom four worst defenses in the league. And Tom, you know how he is against bad defenses. He would he would have lit them up. Okay, the Giants. They did almost beat Brady on a Monday night game. But, I mean, Daniel Jones brought, brought him back in the game. And I don't trust Daniel Jones as a quarterback. But Washington? Hell yeah, they could give Tom Brady problems. They absolutely could. This front seven for Washington, is, they, they have five first-round picks. K, um, Chase Young's a stud. Jonathan Bostick's a stud. Ryan Kerrigan coming off the bench is a stud. Pro Football Focus ranked them as the number three defense. They are a they're an amazing front seven. They really can get after the quarterbacks. And I'm looking at Washington stats. They're the number two overall defense in the league according to the ESPN stats. They're number two against the pass, and and they're number uh, they're not great against the run. They're number twelve against the run, but they allow the fewest big time plays. This Washington team is really good. They are they are an exceptional defense, and among turnovers this year, um, Washington has on the year has twenty seven total turnovers. That that that's that's top five in turnovers. They can get after Tom. But that's not the question I have for Washington. It's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. It depends on how Alex Smith is going to play. Okay. I thought that in the first half he moved pretty well against the Eagles. I don't know. Second half, I don't like the fact that Rod Rivera I've heard is going to use a quarter uh, switch off quarterbacks between him and Taylor Heineke. I don't know, but if Alex Smith could at least be a game manager, and if he can throw to his big time receivers like Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin, and have Antonio Gibson have a good running game, then I think they yeah they have a good shot. Let me tell you Tom Brady's stats when he goes up against. Non-playoff teams, right? He's 10-0, 30 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. It's pretty good. Pretty good. But against teams that are playoff teams, yes, that even includes my Bears, right? These are stats. He is 1-5 with 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Think about when all the great defenses Thomas played. Think about all the great the, the playoff teams Thomas played. What happened when the Bears played him? Hmm? 
Tom forgot it was forked out. Tom uh, only threw one touchdown that game. That's not that great. Um, what happened when, when Tom faced the uh, New Orleans Saints? Oh, the Sunday night massacre when they lost 38-3 at home in the first, ga- in the first game where Tom Brady read a wrong route to Mike Evans, and, and one of them was a pick six, and Janoris Jenkins picked it off in the first game. So Tom, look, he could be great against bad teams still. You know, it's like Jordan with the Wizards. He can play occasionally great games. If it's against bad teams, like back in the day, yes, he can score 40. He still could do that. But could he do that on a nightly basis and still be the best player in the league? No, he's far from that. Tom Brady's far from the best quarterback in the league. The stats may say so, but you have to understand, though, a lot of those came against horrible teams right? Horrible teams. Um, and the teams he's faced lately, whether it's the Falcons twice or the Lions, they didn't even have a head coach. In fact, the Lions were down to their third string head coach because their interim head coach got COVID. So no, I mean, look, he, uh, when it comes to the teams that have his number, right? You get after him, you go for his, you go for his legs, you may, you force him psychologically in a fritz with the Rams, the Saints, the Bears, and even the Chiefs did that. You're gonna, he's gonna struggle. Washington has that. Okay? If they could at least force a few turnovers on Tom, they can win this game. This defense is no joke. Chase Young is a stud. He's in consideration for not just defensive rookie of the year, probably just rookie of the year. He's great. He's phenomenal. He's good. Bostic is great. Kerrigan is good. This Washington front seven is really good. Their back seven, it's a little iffy. But their front seven could camouflages their problems. Um, um, they, they're really good. Um, Jonathan Allen's really good. Kendall Fuller's good. This defense can wreak havoc and cause problems. I, I'm serious. I really think Washington has a very good chance. Tom has his hands full. He knows it. Okay? And, and I, under pressure this year... Uh, All the teams he's faced, all those defenses, aside from the Giants, were bad, okay? And the Packers, you want to say, oh, he won that one game against Aaron Rodgers. Um, And and yes, I was happy they beat my most hated team, Green Bay, that day. But from just from an NFL fan objective perspective here, Tom Brady only threw six more yards on Aaron Rodgers' worst day. Okay, Aaron Rodgers was terrible. He threw 160 yards. Tom Brady had two touchdowns. He only threw 166 yards that day. And the reason why they won that game was because of their defense. They almost had two pick sixes. Look, Tom Brady against bad teams, if he faced the... I'll give him this. If he faced the Cowboys in the playoffs, yes, he would throw a party on him. Okay, he'll win a playoff game. I clap my hands for him. Congrats on being a crappy Dallas Cowboys team, Tom. I'll give him that. But if he faced the Washington football team, if he, if people think, if the Brady lovers and the people that think I'm a hater are going to say that, oh, Matty G, you're just only saying this because you hate Tom. You're going to be mad that he's going to win a playoff game. No, I'm not. I- I'm being objective here. This is the, a great defense. Tom's going to have his hands full. He really will. And I think they can cause problems. And Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen show even said, don't he's 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 the NFL network and the Rich Eisen show, he's pretty popular. He said, quote, I wouldn't be surprised if the Washington football team pulled off an upset. Hmm. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they're gonna win, but it's gonna be very interesting. I, I will say that. So yes, this is a big challenge for Tom. I, I do think he's gonna he will he'll struggle at times. My question is though, if Washington needs to get a few turnovers and Alex Smith has to play he doesn't have to play great, he just has to play decent enough in order for them to win. So th- that's that's my take on it, uh, on the Washington football team being a challenge to Tom. So I, I, I well, let's talk about my Chicago Bears for a second here. Um, I, I'll say this: do my chances on the Bears winning? Excuse me, my chances on the Bears winning this game. I thought about it. It was at twenty percent. I'm gonna go with seventeen percent. Okay, I think it's seventeen percent, and I, I think the, the these these are the the only way. I think we can make it interesting. I think we can cover the spread. I see the spread as Saints minus ten. I think Bears could cover it. People think it's an upset. I don't think it's going to be an upset. Okay, I don't. I have reservations about Drew Brees. He can't throw it deep down the field like he once could. Okay, he is go, he is going to struggle with that, and the Bears have the pass rush to get after Brees. Aaron Rodgers obviously is a lot younger than Breeze, and he could and he and he could see the field in different ways more than Breeze could now. And he had the talent to exploit the Bears defense. The Bears defense can get after Drew Breeze. They can get a, can force generate a few turnovers. Um, they they could cause a turnover too. That's not the question. The question is that they can only do it for so much because the offense is going. I have questions about the about how Mitch is going to play against this great defense because he's probably going to see a t- the probably the a top two defense in the league this year, the New Orleans Saints, who are top three in every category. Okay, they're they're going to be good. They have the pass rush. They have the secondary. It's going to be tough. And this, even if they're going to try to run the ball from Montgomery, the Saints have a great run defense. That's the problem. I don't. As much as the defense could get after Drew Brees, I don't know if they could generate a turnover, or a scoop, and score. I think that Mitch. I think he struggled last week against Green Bay. He he brought them into the red zone a bunch of times, but they settled for field goals. If they are going to have a shot to beat the Saints. They're going to have to score in the end zone, and they're going to have to force maybe one to two turnovers on Drew Brees. Okay? I, I don't trust Mitch against this defense. If he faced um, who's, if he faced a, a defense like Seattle's, who's been, who's throughout the years been inconsistent, or say he faced maybe, I don't know, say, I mean, he looked good at times against Green Bay, then I think if he throw, makes the right decision and if he doesn't throw in a double coverage, yeah, he could have a shot. But that pass rush with Cam Jordan and Davenport, huh, they, they, they are really good. And so the Bears are going to have their hands full on the defensive, on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, I think, could generate some pressure on, could get generate pressure on Breeze. But you're you're still gonna have to stop Alvin Kamara in this case. So I I, I really don't know. Um, I think that they have a sh- a good shot to win. Um, I think they have a chance to maybe make it interesting. I don't. I wouldn't say they have a shot to win. I think they have a shot to make it interesting. But in general, I I just really just don't know. I mean, and Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, 
Um, Lattimore, uh, they're a great defense. Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson, 13 and a half sacks. He's great this year. So, look, they, they're a very um, great defense. Uh, I, they're gonna, the Bears are going to have their hands full with this defense. I said 17%. Now, I'm going to review the, the Pro Football Network's 2020 QB rankings um, before, before we start, before uh, the playoffs. So I was reading this. It was published eight minutes ago. And I'm going to tell you if I agree with this list. The top, these are the top five quarterbacks heading into Super Wildcard Weekend. It's Aaron Rodgers, number one, Mahomes, number two, Josh Allen, number three, Deshaun Watson, number four, Russell Wilson, number five, and, and Tom Brady, number six. Okay, um, this is my take on it. Um, I think that I personally think, in all honesty, just being objective here, when I look at, at this, I look, I, I love Deshaun Watson. By the way, later on we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson. I, I don't think he's top five. It's not because of his – he's been great this year. I love Deshaun. He's been great. I mean, if I look at the stats, he's a 71 total QBR. Um, he has 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, leads the league in passing yards. I mean, if you look at the eye test that tells you it, the stats say, yes, he's top five. But when I really look at it, I mean, he, despite that, I, I don't think he's, I think Tom Brady, although he's been doing against bad teams, I think Tom Brady deserves to be at number five. And Russell Wilson deserves to be at number four. I think as great as Deshaun is, as far as experience goes, I mean, they factored into experience and his fact and play in total, combining the past experience and the play this year. I mean, personally, Deshaun Watson, his playoff experience, I mean, he he's only won one playoff game. I mean, so, look, I don't trust Deshaun. And from this year, his team's been terrible. So he can only do so much. And unfortunately, he's not going to get enough attention. And Tom, if you look at the stats between Tom and Deshaun, Tom has a higher QBR. Tom has more touchdown passes. And Tom has more um, yards per attempt. So I mean, has a better com- – I'm sorry, he has more yards per attempt. So in reality, no, I would take Tom over Deshaun Watson. Tom is top five this year. Um, if I And the rest, yeah, it seems very fair. I think Rodgers had a better year than Mahomes did. Josh Allen, number three, makes sense. I would put Tom Brady at number five, and I put Deshaun Watson at number six, and Wilson number four, and yeah, this makes sense. Um, and if I really look at it, um, everything else made sense. So that's what I would sh- I would change. I do think Tom's been a top five quarterback this year, but he's been blessed with a with some horrible defenses he's faced. Now let's get right into Deshaun Watson. So there's been some trade reports about Deshaun Watson about where he will end up. Um Deshaun Watson, there's been I'm just looking at the uh trade odds. Um the, there's been there's been three teams uh, that have been very interested. 
It's been the Niners, the Saints, and the Bears. Okay, that that that's very interesting. I I, I think let me just assess three, these three teams for Deshaun Watson each. So Deshaun Watson, would he make sense on the 49ers? Yes. Kyle, Jimmy G does not fit in Kyle Shanahan's system. I mean, if they had a better quarterback, they would have beaten Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So, no, I, I don't trust Jimmy G in this system. I think Deshaun would fit this system better. He has a great running game. He could throw it down the field. He's got great receivers, and he's got a great defense. This system would work for Deshaun. If Deshaun played for the Saints, that would be great for as Drew Brees is apparent, but I think they want to stick with Taysom Hill. I think they like Taysom Hill enough to a point where they could trust him as a starting quarterback and they could they trust him that he can develop his game. Now on the Bears side of things, as a Bears fan, I would kill for Deshaun Watson. I mean, he would he would I would kill to have Deshaun Watson. I would kill to have him. He would be great. He'd be great in this system. He'll be a lot better than Mitch. He'll throw the ball deeper down the field. He can he can make bigger plays. He can use his feet more to his advantage. He can make the better plays for the better for his receivers. But I don't know if it will happen because the management side of things, I think that if the Bears the, the Mitch brought the Bears to the playoffs, and I, I don't know if Depending on how this goes Sunday, I think I think management's going to keep Mitch for another year. So I don't know how Deshaun will be in this for the Bears. I don't know if the Bears are going to move on from Mitch. Um, but who knows? I think that they have. I think Mitch has 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 been good against bad teams, but Deshaun's been more consistent throughout his whole career. Deshaun's 100% better than Mitch. Deshaun would be perfect for the Bears, but I don't know if Bears management will move on from Mitch because they like what he saw this year. They they like what they've seen from him this year. So I don't know. I could be wrong about this, but who knows? I think Deshaun is, is a great talent. I think he would fit the best with the Niners. He would be better in this system. Him and Kyle Shanahan would work very well together. Um, and I, 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 and Chris Sims said that the Bears should make it happen. I think the Bears is the most sense, but I don't know if it will happen. Um, Chris Sims said, quote, he's the type of player and person that would be leveraged, that would leverage the farm on a go. I'm willing to do it because the reward will be the, will be worth the risk we're willing to make. He, Deshaun Watson said, Chris Sims said Deshaun Watson is hands down one of the five best quarterbacks in football. There's no way to deny that. He would thrive in this system. He would fit for more with Matt Maggie, like I think could use. I think that he that he for his system, I think Mitch is a decent quarterback in this case, but like Deshaun Watson would fit more of what Nagy's trying to do. With the offensive schemes that Nagy's trying to run, Deshaun could read defenses better. Deshaun could execute the read option better than Mitch. Um, Deshaun can, can take more risks than Mitch. Deshaun would fit all the Bears' problems offensively. That's not the question. I think if it were up to me, I would say, yes, get rid of Mitch. Get rid of Foles. Sign him immediately if we're willing to convince him. If we have the money to, depending on how the salary cap goes.
But no, I don't think it will work because the management, regardless, still loves Mitch. They love what they've seen from him. I, and they think that they should bring Mitch, Mitch back for one more year because Mitch brought the Bears to the playoffs. I don't know what will happen. I hope the Bears are, will take Deshaun Watson. I hope that will happen. But I just don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think it will happen because the management, as stubborn as it is, likes Mitch. And Ryan Pace really likes Mitch, and they want to keep him. And they passed on Deshaun Watson. <laughs> they could have, we could have had him in the first round in 2017. But no, we took Mitch at number two. So I don't know who, know, who knows what will happen, but th- that's just my case. I I think that I think that Deshaun would fit great with the Bears, but as of right now, if I were to say which team would make the most sense, I would say the 49ers. Now, uh, to end this show off, I'm going to talk about uh, Kawhi Leonard. So Kawhi Leonard last night, for the first time in 1,732 days or 713 days or something like that, basically uh, 1,700 plus days, that was the first time that he's played a back-to-back. And Kawhi Leonard said last night it felt great. I mean, you should have done back-to-backs, Kawhi. You should have. I mean, enough of this load management petty b- pettiness. You can't just sit out of these games because you want to. And the article in The Athletic... Um, which detailed what was going wrong with the Clippers last year from an ex, from an internal standpoint and how Montrez, Lou Will, and Pat Bev were all mad at, at Kawhi for, for, rep, for choosing to sit out these games and, and they got antsy at it and for his special treatment. And I think with all the, the, the bombshells, with all the requests that Kawhi Leonard had, of how he lived in San Diego, how he how he how he wanted the plane to take off when they wanted to take off, how Kawhi wanted to play when he wanted to play, how he wanted to practice when he wanted to practice. Kawhi had all these things, had all these accessories to him, had wanted everything he wanted, got everything he wanted, yet at the ex- yet at the expense of team chemistry. And I think this is the reason why I think he was able to play back to back more, back to backs more, and why he has a career high in minutes this year. I think Kawhi Leonard is doing this because one, Ty Lu wants Kawhi Leonard to play this year more this year because if if Kawhi Leonard plays more, then the team will have better chemistry. And Kawhi's obviously not going to play every game. I don't have a problem with him like sitting out towards the end of the regular season to preserve energy for the playoffs. That's one thing. But to do it, but the thing that bothered me last year about Kawhi Leonard, and not just them, but from the LA um, Clippers, I'm sorry, Flippers. I'll say Clippers to be professional on the show. The thing that bothered me most about that team last year, they took it so not seriously, to a point where they, they lacked chemistry and it showed in the playoffs when they got to the bubble. I think Ty Lue's doing a good thing in a sense that, okay, if we want chemistry going to the playoffs, if we want to develop team unity, if we needed more reps, R-E-P-S, reps, 
then you know what? We have to, to get Kawhi to play, depending on if his legs play well. And look, Kawhi is not going to play every back-to-back. I get it. But I think the other reason why Kawhi is playing is because of the athletic article and how it was a bombshell in the whole Clipper season and of how Kawhi handled things and of how um, – and, and Kawhi really took that to heart. He took all the criticism last year to heart. Um, and he and from how he sat out games and how he wanted special treatment. Kawhi Leonard, I think, really wanted to 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 play also. Another reason why, because Paul George didn't play because he didn't play against the Spurs the other night because of a tweaked ankle and they wanted Paul George to load I I think I actually think he had an injury. So I think they wanted Paul I think they wanted Kawhi and Paul George to play more games together for chemistry purposes. Now Kawhi did miss two games, understandably, because of that face injury he suffered from Serge Ibaka. And yes, that was a valid excuse. And it looked like a bad injury. Um, so look, I, I think that what Ty Lue is doing is very good for the, not just for Kawhi for the sake of like if they have primetime games to show that that okay, Kawhi's going to take crap seriously. Kawhi's going to play games. He's not going to play every game this year. Obviously, he's not going to play every game this year. I don't think any of the superstars are going to play any every single game this year, depending on how injuries go and illnesses and the COVID. But I think that what, what, what they're doing so far – I'll admit this. I like that Kawhi is at least playing these games, at least caring in the regular season. I think he's at least tried to attempt to play through everything. And he said after the game, it felt well. Well, you should have. Okay? You're a big, you're a superstar. You're paid to play these games, Kawhi. I mean, if you sit out big games, like on prime time, NBA will lose revenue. NBA will lose money. You can't do it for your own selfish reasons. Tons of players have injuries. If Kobe Bryant, God rest his soul, if he had the, your arthritic knees when he was playing, he would still play through it. Okay? Just suck it up and keep playing. This is what I hate about NBA players right now. That of the load management, that want special treatment, that want to sit out games. You play every game. You don't rest just to rest for the playoffs. You play every game. It's a privilege to play in the NBA. It's like what I said about a privilege to play in the NFL. Okay? it's a, I would kill to play every game in the NBA. I would kill to play every game in the NFL. You would should be wanting to play every game. Also to develop reps for your team so you don't have chemistry. You don't have a lack of chemistry going to the playoffs. Okay? And finally, it took also... What took you so long? It took Ty Lue getting getting to you and telling you to play. It took an athletic article bombshell for you to play. And it took the fact that you got embarrassed in the playoffs last year. You should have done this your entire career, Kawhi. So, yeah, I'm not going to clap. I'm not going to, like, throw roses at the Clippers just because that Kawhi, oh, he's finally playing in a, in a back-to-backs. I think it's he should he should play back-to-backs. He should want to care. He should want to have reps with Paul George and this new Clippers team before the playoffs start. He should want that. There should not be a debate on, on NBA and NFL players wanting to sit out games. You know, 
You should want to play every game possible to get paid and to develop chemistry going to the postseason if your team's successful enough to make the postseason. That's all I'm saying. I All I'm saying is reps matter and games matter. That's all I have to say on that end. So, um, so, for, so Saturday, I'm going to do something a little different with my podcast, with my pick show. Me, Adam... And our friend Brandon Grant from school, one of my good friends, are going to be doing a picks podcast, but we're going to add a gambling twist to it. We're going to talk about uh, we're, this is not the games that we're going to bet on per se, just from our opinions of what we think will happen. Like say that if we took a team plus three, we're not suggesting you to make these picks. We don't want you to be held liable for making these picks. We are just offering you our opinions on it. And I'll address this more on Saturday. So that is it for tonight. I will see you guys on Saturday. Have a good night. Have a good day. Um, Take care. Be well. Go get them.